You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join us this week on Friday afternoon to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Taking a couple victory laps here on today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean. I cover the Suns in the NBA at SB Nation and Dime Uprocks. You can follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. And best of all, you can follow our show on Twitter at Locked On PHX Suns where you can check out all of our latest episodes, mailbag questions. That is the number one place to keep up. We're talking, again, victory laps, both for the Suns after a 133-130 to uh, victory over the Houston Rockets in Texas this evening, and a victory lap for me, for our show, because Devin Booker continued the hot start with 36, or the hot streak with 36 points, on 11 of 20 shooting, made six of his eight threes, eight of nine free throws. So we'll definitely cover his big night. We'll get into it not too long because he was a big part of the big stretch, the defining stretch of this game, which is how we'll start the show. Then we'll get into some more of the positives. And really, I think what that's going to mean in this one is a lot about DeAndre Ayton's big night, what it means to the Suns when he can do this and whether it can continue after a 27-11, and 11, really just dominating Christian Wood, to be completely honest. Wood shooting about 33% from the field and only getting three rebounds. A very, very quiet night for Christian Wood. And then we'll close the show with a couple of takeaways, including uh, what's up with the bench and Cam Johnson's big uh, breakout, I guess. Uh, a return to form for Cam Johnson with 12 points and four rebounds. So we'll get into his game to close the show, and just a little bit more on what the rotation is looking like these days, because that's usually where we talk about Sharich and Bridges, who have a lot to do with that backup unit and, and how the rotation is shaping up, so it's worth checking in now that Johnson is back and Javon Carter is in there, so we'll do that to close the show. But let's, like I said, get right into the big stretch of the game as we do to open the show, typically, and... It was pretty back and forth. I mean, I, I think there will be some people who might be disappointed that the Suns let it get to a sort of back and forth game in the fourth quarter. But again, I would stress that they are winning these games. And especially when you're facing a team who, let's face it, like the Rockets are not unlike some of the past Suns teams. I think they have a little bit more talent than that because I think a guy like Christian Wood, um, Jay Sean Tate, even Kelly Olynyk, who's a veteran, DJ Augustine, who's a veteran. And then obviously when like John Wall and Eric Gordon play, this is a, a more talented team than some of those Sun squads. But at the same time, I do think that we've seen in rebuilding situations in Phoenix here, what it can be to just not have any hesitation, right? This is a team that's just really trying to outscore you. They don't have a lot of defensive talent on this team. They've traded away a lot of their veteran players. They're not necessarily playing with a game plan and a set of um, like really rules to how they're playing. They're just playing loose. They're taking a ton of threes. Everyone has a green light and, and everything else. So to get back to a point in this game where the Suns were tied, 
to me, it's like, well, you know, the Rockets shot really well from three, just making contested threes. They were pushing the pace. There were a ton of possessions in this game. All that stuff is going to lead to a game of runs, right? And so the fact that Houston ended up tying things up, it's not like the Suns gave up a 20-point lead, right? So we we get to this point in the fourth quarter with about 10 minutes and 20 seconds left. Jay Sean Tate hits a three on the left wing to make it a tied game at 101. We're actually going to start a bit later than that, though, because it got tied again at 107, and that was after an and-one Devin Booker uh, play with 7.13 to go. So it gets tied at 107, right? Okay, so then the next time down, you see the Suns run some Spain pick-and-roll, which you've you've seen basically run for everybody at this point. They ran it for Jay Crowder early in the game. They'll do it for Bridges, for Johnson, and uh, often for Booker, of course, as well, where he sets a screen for Aiton, who's rolling, and then he comes up to the top of the arc, catches the ball usually, and uh, in this case, had some really nice footwork to come off the screen and, and almost like a turnaround three, makes it to put the Suns up three, okay? Then you see Booker, who is part, during this stretch, is uh, going on a run all of his own. So I believe it ended up being a 10-0 run. We caught it about a couple points in, but he then goes on to make a driving, like, transition, basically. Runs the length of the court, gets down the floor, and makes it 112 to 107, basically creating this lead by himself. Then, the next time down, gets into, I believe, gets the iso on the elbow, if I'm remembering correctly, off of another quick screen, makes that shot to make it 114 to 107. Then we have some misses and some some bad sort of just this game got a little bit chaotic at times because Houston was so determined to push the pace. So you you saw a Cam Johnson turnover. You saw Kenyon Martin Jr. taking an ill-advised three and uh, Kelly Olynyk gets a shot to go down in there. Devin Booker gets to the free throw line, makes one of two. We're going, we're going. Olynyk makes a three. Not anything special. Where we catch it that really completed the game for the Suns because they had the lead right Booker gave him about a five point cushion five seven point cushion they're going back and forth it still feels like Houston has momentum is the thing and so you see Olenek gets a couple shots like I said it's not really looking too good for the Rockets or for the Suns because the Rockets aren't going away and that was the story of the game but then you see Devin Booker makes another three with three minutes and 28 seconds left to give him uh the the 30 burger, if you will, that he got yet again. And then the really clinching ice in his veins bucket that put the game away. Chris Paul was really in rhythm tonight in a way that I don't think we've seen him as a scorer in a while. I think this suited him in terms of playing up tempo. He didn't have to exert himself a ton on defense. Guys were making shots. Everything was pretty much going as planned on the offensive end. So he gets a Deep three from basically the top of the arc on the left side of the floor to make it 123-114. This was after also um, a th- two, three, four, just incredible plays by DeAndre Ayton defensively. So I don't want that to go missed either. We're going to get into his game more, but that was a big part of this. You know, um, Christian Wood misses a floater with 315 to go where he's just basically stonewalled and has to put up a bad shot. There was another... Uh, about the six-minute mark, Wood just hits the side of the rim on a layup because Aiton just doesn't give him any ground at all. So 
what you're seeing is the slow re-explosion of the lead that the Suns had given up. And that's the thing. That's why I come back to this was not anything to be embarrassed about it, ashamed of. I mean, Booker and Paul and Monty all got a lot of questions post-game about with the, the Jazz and the Clippers coming up later this week. Like, you know, are you ready? Is this team where it needs to be mentally with with giving up it's like this is what the nba is these days right a lot of teams taking a lot of threes offenses up this season not a ton of defense obviously we know the suns have been better than expected on defense and and far better than average but it's just how games are and so for houston to make their run isn't anything bad because the suns go on to make a run of their own right after that respond and eventually come away with the victory. Yes, it got a little bit dicey late because of some threes by Tate and Olenek and then the the free throw game and all the rest. But this Paul three uh, basically put it away with three minutes to go and, again, completed a victory that is not worrisome to me whatsoever. Teams are going to make runs. Teams are not going to go away, especially young teams who have nothing to lose. And that's what happened. But as long as you win and do it decisively and don't play poorly in the process, I don't see that it's anything to worry about. And so here we are. The Suns now 35 wins, another W, and uh, certainly feeling good about themselves heading into this Utah Clippers back-to-back this week. So we will get more into Cam Johnson, DeAndre Ayton, and all the rest in just a second. But that's the defining stretch of the game and really uh, what helps me feel really good about this one. We'll uh, take a quick break and then get into the rest. First sponsor of today's show that I want to tell you about is Rock Auto. The sun is beating down on us here in the Valley. I told you about my sun visor on the driver's side, which completed the duo, both the driver's and passenger side, now off. But... Rock Auto saved the day, and I'm going to be going back in soon because it was so simple and so cheap to shop at Rock Auto, get that sun visor replaced. It sent the screw, the little um, plug-in part, and even a tool to remove the previous one all in a box, all right to my door within days, and very much cheaper than it would have been at the dealership. So that is up in my car now, and the as I said, the passenger side soon to follow because of how easy and smooth that it was. Because look, rockauto.com is not a dealership. They're not even a chain store. They are an online-only brand with an easy-to-navigate catalog that has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, which means they have everything you need at an easy-to-use and easy-to-afford price. That's the most important part. They're not going to nickel and dime you. They're not going to change it based on what the market is going to bear, what supply and demand are looking like. No, rockauto.com gives you the same price no matter what. So why spend up to twice as much for the same exact parts when you could go to Rock Auto, quickly see everything available for your car, whether it's something like a sun visor or something a little more complicated like some brake parts, Rock Auto has it all. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, And when you make your purchase right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Also brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me and Brandon, our Monday co-host, about the Suns. You can talk with other fans even athletes and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. 
We host shows every Friday afternoon for Locked On Suns. Yes, that means you can finally join in on the podcast you listen to here every day. It is the perfect place to start or join a conversation about the NBA, and you'll find fans just like yourself for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, just reacting and chatting about big news and rumors. Go to Locker Room the minute something happens, and there will be a room for you, in addition to the weekly staples and the insider chats and everything else that's always going on on the app. So go to Locker Room again on Friday afternoon this week, where you can talk Suns with Brandon and I for the Locked On Suns Weekly Room. In order to do that, you're going to go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices, including computer. If you have a MacBook, it'll be there as well, not just mobile. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter account, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. Follow me at BrendanClean14, same as it is on Twitter, to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live again this week, Friday afternoon, same every week. And I can't wait to hear everyone's son's thoughts. We'll have a lot to talk about after Clippers and Jazz games, and we'll be reevaluating the standings this week, I'm sure. So I will see you there on Friday, and you will enjoy it. I promise. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, back here, talking about the other positives from tonight's game, mainly DeAndre Ayton. We have to talk about the incredible game that he had, the most confident game I think I've seen him play in a long, long time, maybe ever. I don't want to say best because I do think the level of competition matters here. He's played better when the stakes have been higher or you know, just against better opposing centers. However, I do believe that it was the most confident I've ever seen him play. I want to remind you guys first, though, to check out Locked On Today. I hope you were listening during the March tournaments, men's and women's side. Our wonderful host, Peter Bukowski, had you set up every morning with the results of the last night's games, the storylines heading into the next day, and uh, we got NFL draft stuff not too far around the corner. You know the sports calendar never slows down, and Locked On Today has you covered on all of it wherever you listen to podcasts. But yeah, let's do a DeAndre Ayton dive right now. Let's let's show the man some love. He played incredibly today. To go through his stat line again, 27 points on 10 of 14 shooting and 11 rebounds. But I'm going to give you a couple things inside that that really, really impressed me. First of all, 7 of 8 from the free throw line, and these were not cheap free throws. We've seen him get some high free throw totals when he's you know, the guy who happens to get fouled at the end of a game when there is, uh, you know, some some intentional fouling and, and back and forth stuff late. That's not what happened here. He was drawing these fouls. He was going up strong. He got fouled once on an offensive rebound on a putback attempt, got fouled a couple times just, you know, posting up and 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 taking shots like the, the good old fashioned foul drawing. So eight free throw attempts is great to see. We know he's going to make them when he gets to the line, right? That's never been an issue for him. So seven out of eight is is no no surprise at all. It's it's the fact that he got there and that he did it in a realistic way that's really exciting here. And then secondly, two blocks. Um, you know, I talked a lot last year about the block rate in year two for DeAndre Ayton being up. It felt like he was going to be more of a shot blocker as his career went on. That has really not borne out this season. And it depends on what metric you look at. There's there's really no perfect defensive metric. His defensive field goal percentage allowed, if if memory serves correctly, it's not something I check every day, but it has been a little bit up from last year in addition to his blocks being down. So 
his defensive impact, you know, to me, it's like as long as the lineups are better when he's out there and he's, you know, playing at a high level as part of a good defense, then I don't worry too much. There's obviously holes to poke in that if if the time comes, but I'm not worried about the defense. However, just to see the blocks go up and to see him handle this matchup so thoroughly, that is really, really good stuff. Because if there's anything right now to be worried about, any one player who's probably at the top of the game plan in Houston, it is Christian Wood. And in the past, I felt like the, the matchups that DeAndre Ayton would struggle with were just the big, big, big guys, right? So, you know, we saw early on Joel Embiid would take it to him, Nikola Jokic had his way with him, but even lesser guys, you know, Jonas Valanciunas or uh, even Steven Adams, I feel like had some nice nights when Aiton was a rookie or, you know, when he came back last year after the suspension and was getting into shape. Those nights were um, just because guys were out physicaling him, right? He just bigger, more physical, more aggressive players. He could not uh, match up with very well. I think it's safe to say that's gone. And to me, what you really start to look at now is a, um, you know, perimeter types of teams, you know, big men or just overall offensive schemes that require Aiton to play out on the perimeter. We've seen that again, Charlotte and Brooklyn. We've, we've all had that conversation about, you know, can Aiton switch? How, how's he going to fare when he's playing, you know, very ISO pick and roll heavy teams. And that question's still there. So to do this against Houston, who, who does some of that, that's one question, right? Can he be okay when he's forced to defend on the perimeter a little bit more? Tonight, I think you feel good about it. The other question is, is, is DeAndre Ayton going to flex his matchup advantages? Because for so long, we've known what Ayton can be physically, and, and we've seen it in just very, very rare instances. But it, it it's really exciting and I think hopeful when we see him be the matchup problem because we talk so much about how he matches up but there are obvious things about him that can be a nightmare for opponents to deal with and so the other thing I think is important to watch with Aiton in a game like this is well you know Christian Wood yeah okay he's gonna shoot some threes he can handle a bit that's its own thing but DeAndre Ayton's stronger than Christian Wood right DeAndre Ayton is bigger than Christian Wood and is a more polished player, I think it's fair to say, right? I mean, Christian Wood is flashy. He can do that perimeter stuff, and he's a matchup issue, but doesn't have much of a post game. isn't really that type of player, whereas DeAndre Ayton's a, a third-year guy who has more reps doing that and uh, is a better rebounder than Christian Wood. And in those ways, he made his presence felt in this game, not just corralling Wood and forcing him into an 8-of-21 shooting night, not just getting two blocks, but all around on both ends of the floor, making the game about what he was good at, which, you know, containing Wood in those situations, posting him up and drawing fouls, making the right decision. I think he's a better decision maker than Wood. So we saw, you know, he would post up and then over time in that second and third quarter, the opposing team, the Rockets obviously would come double him or would you clog the lane and he was passing out of those double teams he was passing off the short roll he was you know taking the quick shot or drawing in the defense like he had some rhythm and and um method methodologicalness to his game like he really was reading it at a high level tonight and that's the thing that you're gonna have to do against 
a player like Wood or a, a sort of smaller, more aggressive team like the Rockets. So in in really every facet of the game, you saw DeAndre Ayton um, make what he does well the focal point. And I think that's a subtle way to win matchups too because if you're making Wood have to expend mental and physical energy on what you're doing, then you're just going to remove parts of what makes him so effective because he's so based on energy and and aggressiveness and athleticism that if he's if he's wearing himself out on in the mental and, and physical then it's just going to be harder for him so it's probably too simple on a night when Devin Booker scores 36 to say that this game was won at the five spot but I don't think it's super far from the truth because Booker went in and closed this one and we went over that in the first segment but Aiton not only scoring the way he did but controlling the game against his matchup who's the the best player on the opposing team went a long long way in winning this game because think about it, if if Christian Wood shoots 50% from the field if he's 11 of 21 makes another three makes a couple more of his inside shots especially in that fourth quarter this is a three-point game that that suddenly could be skewed toward Houston so a big tip of the hat to one of the more confident and thorough games I've ever seen from DeAndre Ayton, uh, if not one of his best. And I do think it, it has to be kind of considered on that list as well. 27 and 11 from him, a massive round of applause. I know Suns fans were appreciating him. I hope it does not get uh, too far under the radar because of Booker's big night that Ayton was huge tonight as well. And uh, one more guy who was pretty big and looks a lot more confident in and of himself, is Cam Johnson. We'll get into his big night right after this. But first, another quick break to tell you about our friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The tournaments are in the rearview mirror. I hope that you were all over BetOnline all March. But we are not slowing down. The Masters is right around the corner. We have the NFL Draft, which always has some fun prop bets, and things just keep getting crazier and crazier. Uh, Quarterbacks still moving. Top 10 seems to be in flux every few days, so that stuff is uh, is surely fun. And then once things get settled, there's obviously futures in the NFL. And then we got the NBA and NHL every single night, and now the MLB joining. So sports is not quieting down, and BetOnline has you covered for all of it. New scores and odds, everything you need. It's the best place to go for your all your betting needs, really, and it's free to sign up, best of all. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit. Again, head to the website or use your mobile device. Make an account on BetOnline today. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Closing out the show with some Cam Johnson praise, a guy we have not talked about in a while because he has been a little quiet, recovering from COVID, coming back, getting his legs under him, getting his conditioning right. Uh, so, going to talk a little bit about his reemergence and what it means for the Suns. But first, reminder to check out Locked On NBA Draft, our newest NBA show here on the Locked On Podcast Network. They go four days a week, and it's just massively important this time of year. Yes, the tournaments are over, but what does it all mean? Who has risen? Who has fallen? Now that we know that Baylor somehow took this thing home over the Gonzaga Bulldogs, and Davion Mitchell just seems to be the darling right now, how high will he rise? And what is the combine going to look like this year? How is the pre-draft process going to progress 
who's declaring, who's not, on and on and on. Keep it on Locked On NBA Draft every single day to get that fix wherever you listen to podcasts. So Cam Johnson comes in today, 21 minutes, most off the bench, which is important in and of itself, and a 12-point game. Um, Four of nine from the field, three of seven from deep. Pretty characteristic early season Cam Johnson game that it was nice to see him get back to. I mean, he was a guy playing about 30 a night for a while there. They do have some more depth, and I think they like what Torrey Craig brings them, so maybe he and Crowder kind of go down and it becomes more of a three-man rotation in that forward spot in addition to Mikhail Bridges. Um, But still, Cam Johnson getting the most minutes off the bench tonight with 21 and just making the level of impact we're used to and looked confident, as I said. So uh, he gets his first couple of threes to fall when he checks in. But better than that, too, he had some of that you know, one dribble pull-up, two dribble pull-up stuff going, the, you know, attack, the closeout, and then and then get off the ball. Just the, the smart perimeter three-point stuff that we came to know Cam for. I mean, there's no reason to think it went anywhere, right? But it, it had been quite a while between when he left with COVID and was in the protocol and now coming out and he's been back for three or four games, but we just had not seen this level of production from Cam in a game, or in my opinion, the level of poise. He just came into this one and you could tell he knew, um, you know, what, what he was there to do. He obviously knows his role on this team and it feels like he's getting physically comfortable once again. So again, 12 points, four rebounds, a bounce back game for from Cam. And I want to talk a little bit about what that could mean for the bench, because we have seen basically everybody at this point be the top minutes getter from this group. We've seen, obviously, a lot of nights it's been Dario Saric. A lot of nights it's been campaign. And as I said before, early on, it was clearly Cam Johnson. So, and then recently, most recently, Torrey Craig. He had been for the past little bit while Cam was getting back into form. Uh, that that had been had been Craig. That was the first guy off the bench and playing the most minutes off of the bench. So what we saw tonight was a bench unit of Payne, Carter, Carter who's now in there for Galloway as Monty continues to just keep everybody fresh. I think that's what we'll see um, through the rest of the rota- of the regular season with the rotation. You know, I think Monty feels like he has a nine with Payne, Johnson, Craig, and Sharich in addition to the starters that he trusts and likes and, and has some versatility with. I think that 10th man is just going to be switching between Carter and Galloway and maybe even each one more as this regular season winds down. I think that's a pretty smart way to play it. So that's what we had tonight. Payne Carter, Craig Johnson, and Sharich. And I think that I like what what Craig can do there. And I think it starts to solve a little bit of why we saw Crowder off the bench so often. Um, because I think, Monty, you start to run into some bad defensive lineups if you, you, know, if you have like a... Payne, Carter, Booker, Johnson, Sharich, you're just asking for a opposing scorer, you know, Jordan Clarkson or Luke Kennard or some of these guys, if you think about the playoffs, Dennis Schroeder, who could really challenge you, right? So to have a little bit more defensive integrity with Craig and Payne, and obviously, you know, Carter can do his individual specialist stuff against some of those guards, you start to feel a little bit better about the balance of the lineup in addition to the spacing, I don't think Craig is going to, again, he, he's come back down to earth already, 
with his three-point shooting. But that five-man unit, Carter's a pretty good spot-up shooter. Johnson's a pretty good spot-up shooter, a very good spot-up shooter, right? And then Sharich with the pick and pop, it's going to work out. And Monty mixes and matches. Like, we only saw that full bench unit on the floor for a few minutes. Chris Paul was in there with those guys. Devin Booker was in there with those guys. And so with Sharich and his pick and pop ability kind of being the fulcrum of the second unit offense, whether that's Payne running it with him or Booker or Paul, and then you have the spacing and smarts and cutting and shooting of Johnson and Craig and Carter and Galloway, I think we're starting to see it come into form. And Johnson solidifying himself again, Cam Johnson doing that and and just showing that he can be a consistent threat, a guy who can have plays run for him, who's going to know his role and make the right decision more often than not, that has sort of laid everything back into place. And I, it kind of took seeing it one night for it to, to, to get reminded, I think, personally for me. And so Cam Johnson, I think we'll start to be... We'll start to see him be the number one minutes guy off the bench again, and we'll start to see the versatility and the solidification that he brings to really the entire rotation because we know he's such a big part of what the Suns want to do, and now he is back, and I think that will really help everybody. So we'll see um, how much longer Carter gets before Monty goes back to Galloway if each one more gets in there, but a tip of the hat to Cam Johnson and obviously to the rest of the bench as things fall into place. That'll do it for today's show again. 133-130 is the final score of the Suns' victory over the Rockets. I'll be back tomorrow probably doing a mailbag to get us ready for the rest of this week because the next two nights after that are both game recaps of the Jazz and the Clippers, two very big ones. So keep it right here. Enjoy your Tuesday, everybody, and check back in those feeds first thing every morning wherever you get podcasts.